Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week we discuss a frustrating end to the Browns season, the NFL's Final Four, and comedy's 99-year-old treasure. I'm joined again tonight by two of the best ever. Tommy Burke is back. Gerbs, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Phil Danko is here as well. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. All right, Tommy, why don't we start with you tonight? Recent studies have raised concerns about the impact of light pollution and tree reduction on migratory bird populations. Are you concerned with the future of the black pole warbler? And are you a contributor to eBird, the app that allows bird watchers around the globe to share their observations from any location and time? Gerbs, I'm not on eBird. I do have an app on my phone and I'm trying to remember exactly the name of it. It's Merlin Bird ID. That is what I use when I go in my backyard and I start identifying birds. <laughs> this is something I've taken up in the last year. Real passion of mine. It's a little difficult living in this part of the world. Not a whole lot of options in January for birds. <laughs> Pretty boring. So I really don't go out there much with the app. Definitely looking forward to the spring. going to be a big spring in the house. Uh, and I don't remember what your actual question was and what my thoughts are on what all that stuff None of was us that do. you said. But, <laughs> you uh, did just fine. You did yeah. you did really, really well. Why don't we go ahead and move into segment one, our at-home section, and start, of course, with the Cleveland Browns. Their season ended in the divisional round in a game they weren't expected to be in but probably should have won. Uh, there were a lot of missed opportunities on both sides of the ball that are still frustrating as we record this a day later. I think a lot of it has to do with what most might consider some questionable play calling or maybe some questionable plans on offense. So, Denko, I'll start with you. Do you think Stefanski was suffering from COVID's lingering bad coaching symptoms? That is something that we've identified in the past. Right. Uh, yes. let's, let's, let's hope those are not long-term symptoms uh, for Stefanski like they are for the, the man up north there. But uh, throughout this season, I don't really remember that many questionable just game management type things occurring with Stefanski and his, and his staff. And, and I felt like that happened at two really, really inopportune moments in that game yesterday. One being the challenge of a play that there was no way it was going to get overturned and you could have really used that timeout in the second half of the game. And then the other timeout, they had a burn because they couldn't get the play in on time. I don't remember that occurring much during the regular season and certainly was not a a great time for it to happen. There was another play earlier in the game that I thought he should have challenged and he didn't. To his credit there, I guess the Chiefs did snap the ball pretty quickly, but it wasn't poor coaching the entire game, it was shakier than we were used to. And yeah, maybe a weekend in his basement, kind of, you know, little cobwebs up there. I don't know. Burke, you could probably answer that. <laughs> yeah. Burke, how does living in a basement impact coaching ability? Coaching, I, I don't know as, as much about, there's definitely constant cobwebs that I live with. <laughs> On a daily basis. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess going down there, it, it can definitely have an effect. Um, you're not getting a lot of daylight, not getting a lot of vitamin D from the sun. Circadian you know, rhythm is I'm off. I'm no doctor. <laughs> I'm no doctor, but uh, it's nice to get outside once in a while. I think it's good for the psyche. I definitely feel like from this game, the most frustrating part for me was the coaching. I've been very positive on Stefanski all year, and I'm still going to be very positive about him going forward. I definitely think we got the right guy, but it was a very frustrating game to watch. The clock management was terrible. The play calling to me was was really bad, and that's where I was really frustrated, especially going into the second half, seeing just how well the run was working and the fact that we only ran the ball six times in the first half. So his game plan, and even coming out of the half, you know, the sideline reporter said, you know, Stefanski wants to establish the run here in the second half we came out through the ball three times misdirection so, uh, Burke. misdirection yeah. um 
Yeah, I found that a little confusing. I feel like we were getting some mixed messages there. I I don't know. I felt like this was an example of a first-year coach versus a coach who's won a Super Bowl and has been there a lot of times. I just feel like Andy Reid outcoached Stefanski at every turn in this game. The Chiefs always seemed like they were one step ahead of the Browns. It seemed like every play they called was the right play to call. Andy Reid was even able to find a way to get Chad Henney into positions where he could win that game. I think there's a lot of reasons to be critical of the coaching and some of the decisions that Stefanski made. But I think you got to at least hang some of that on the fact that this is his first time in that situation. He was going up against a guy who, at this point, is one of the best that's doing it. Sometimes you're going to be on the wrong end of that. Tommy, do you think the most important guy for the Browns defense was the dude who assessed Mahomes' concussion? The dude who assessed it? Yeah. So whoever the doctor is in the back who says, <laughs> yeah, oh, okay, you're concussed, yes. you can't go back in. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah, somehow I let that confuse me. I'm not really sure why. I thought you were saying one of our players was there laying next to him assessing that yeah he's got a concussion um, <laughs> tommy are you concussed right now <laughs> i don't know I possibly stand uh, up let's see yeah. we <laughs> yes definitely was the mvp that gave us the the chance at a possible victory there for sure once he was out i really thought we have to take advantage of this no way we could possibly lose to a chad henny run offense and he proved me wrong um and I that's they, the that... uh, only time he's proved me wrong because he lost to ohio state four times I wanted to make sure you got that in there. The, uh, I like that you're holding on to that some yeah, 20 years absolutely. after he was uh, he was. And Mike Hart. Oh, I remember that team well. They were very cocky and never won. And he's got to be older than us by now, right? He's older yeah. than us. He's 45, I think. <laughs> to your point, though, Gerbs, I think that really speaks to just a solid coaching job. Your backup comes in and they, you know, it's not like they just tried to run the ball and run the clock out. They were still throwing the ball poorly at times, but in critical moments really well. And I think Henny got a start last week because it was one of those week 17s that didn't matter to the Chiefs. That probably helped him. He was able to go out there and at least get the feel for an NFL game for the first time all season. And he came out and, and were able to beat us. That said, I agree with Burke again, because Burke's so good at this. I agree with him. I, I feel like as soon as Henny took the field, I thought, well, there's a lot of game left and we should win it now. Yeah. yeah. And then he threw the interception and you thought, yeah. perfect. This go. is exactly yeah. how it yep. plays out. That is the Here pass I was expecting. The fly and, ball, the center field that our guy right. right. under that's and right. called a fair catch. And somehow the Browns get that next possession and waste a bunch of time and look mm-hmm. unprepared and unprofessional. <laughs> End up, you know, handing the ball back to them and with one time out and letting Chan Hetty run the season into the ground from third and 14, whatever oh, that was. Yeah. yeah, terrible. I was surprised that the Chiefs were able to run the ball all day the way that they did. I don't think our defensive line had any sacks. Maybe they had nope. one. They had, they had any one. one Garrett got one at the end, yeah. And that yeah. was it. And I still don't think we see the same Miles Garrett that we saw in the first half of the year. Just kind of all around, it was, a, I think, a poor defensive effort. I mean, obviously, against a fantastic team, there's weapons all over the place on that team, and they're tough to beat. But we didn't do the things that I think they needed to do in order to put the Browns in a position to win that game, even if Mahomes had been in the whole time. I didn't watch a whole lot of coverage today because I was pretty pissed off about the game. Uh, But one thing I did hear a couple of times was people putting this loss into the category of another heartbreaking Cleveland Browns or Cleveland sports loss. And I'm wondering if you guys believe that this game fits in that pantheon of Cleveland sports heartbreak. By pantheon, I mean the drive, the fumble, the shot, the 97 World Series, the 16 World Series. That should, Maybe Red Right 88 should be in there too. But do you guys think this game fits into that category? 
Uh, no, not not even close. I, I heard something similar today trying to compare uh, Hollywood Higgins fumble to Biner's fumble. I was like, hey, have you ever watched the game <laughs> yeah. of football? Like that's not like you yeah. can't compare those two things. That was Who at the was end that of the person, first half. and they should be uh, they should be sent to an asylum. That was yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Local Harsh. local sports, local <laughs> sports. I kind of laughed it off, thinking like, wait a minute, that was at the end of the first half. You know, Biner's fumble was running into the end zone to tie the game at the end of the game, and it after being down huge after yeah. a huge. Huge comeback, yeah, yeah. Just ridiculous. So no, I don't, for so many reasons, I don't put the, this game in that pantheon of, of heartbreaking losses in Cleveland sports history. Burke, tell Phil why he's wrong. I actually completely <laughs> disagree. I felt yeah. like yesterday's game was worse than all of those moments. <laughs> Combined? Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Most of those moments oh. brought tears to my eyes, but yesterday I was in a ball just in the corner of the room, just bawling my eyes out. No, I think this was a great experience, and including for someone like Stefanski, this was a, something to build sure. off of and a learning yeah. experience. I still think he's definitely the right guy for this job. I have no doubts about that. It, it was one of those situations where he's against a guy that's experienced and has been in God knows how many playoff games at this point, including Super Bowls. You know, it's just a situation where, you know, it was it was a tough loss. And yes, it was very I was extremely annoyed after the game, but it really didn't take me that long to feel pretty good about it and just say, you know what? We knocked the Steelers out of the playoffs. So that was fun. We've <laughs> we've proven now that we can actually beat some of these teams. We still got to figure out how to beat Baltimore, but I think that'll be coming next. We got to add to that defense, obviously, and add more speed and figure out how to keep him inside the pocket there. Um, I think you take advantage of his IBS is what you do. <laughs> yes, very true. I felt pretty good today, actually. I just felt like, you know what? Yeah, every year you're kind of looking at it going, God, you know, of course, most years, you know, we're lucky if we get to three, four, five wins. So this year, the fact that we won as many games as we did in a tough year where we kept losing guys to COVID and everything else, the fact that we were able to do that, and we have guys that haven't even been able to play because of injuries and stuff too. So to see what we have coming back and to know that we're also going to be able to add to that, I think it's going to be a nice, solid year next year. I actually go into games now thinking we're going to win, and that was never the case before. Yeah, I think the idea that this goes into that typical storyline of Cleveland heartbreak is just lazy reporting. Yeah. Obviously not the situation, and obviously not the way the game went yesterday. Yesterday and and not at all that heartbreak of I can't believe I just witnessed what I just saw like with the fumble or, or watching mm -hmm. the drive happen and unfold slowly but surely in front of your eyes I don't I don't buy into that I agree with you guys I think although I was disappointed with a lot of things that happened during the game yesterday I think I came away at least feeling like maybe we're not ready to beat the Chiefs but we belong on the same field and we probably were as good or better than anybody else in the playoffs in the AFC. Sit on that thought for a second, man. That's pretty yeah. amazing, mm -hmm. too. That's good. Right? So, and also, by the way, Higgins uh, was hit to the head with an illegal hit when he lost that ball. Right, right. I don't remember that happening to Biner either. Uh, that whole play, which, by the way, now is causing the NFL, I believe, to now review that touchback rule. Of course, that they'll probably change it for next year. It won't matter for us. Uh, I don't think obviously. they're going back and redoing the call and then yeah. replaying the second half of the yeah. game. That would they, be that should. would be sick, though. Yeah, I think they should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, so, of, so, of course, you know, hey, at least the Browns are going to bring some positives to this, that they you know, get rid of that rule. Of course, next year, we'll actually be the ones that, hit somebody and it rolls into the end zone. No, there you go. There you go. The negative Cleveland attitude. Burke. The <laughs> Browns is the Browns. I told Come you on. this was worse than any loss we've ever had.
<laughs> I, I don't have much of a problem with the rule. The rule is the rule, right? So that everyone's aware of that rule. People practice. Yeah, and it's been the rule forever. So yeah, people practice not extending the ball. What I don't understand about the whole scenario is when you're reviewing a scoring play and within that review, you see a personal foul occur. Yeah, why can't you call it? Obvious one. Sure. Yeah, yeah, why yeah. can't you call yeah. it? By the way, they're assessing that rule as well. That's that, also that would be at. more important in my mind because why you can't unsee that. Like, okay, this should have been called on the field. It happens too quick. We're human. However, that was a personal foul. Let's call it. And yeah. that changes the, the, the course of the game as well. You don't have to change the rule, but I think you should be able to review within the context of a review. If you see something else happen, call yeah. it. Yeah, I like I like that they have to ignore that and be like, well, I just saw a guy lower the <laughs> yeah, crown right. of his helmet. Yeah, that didn't have practically knock that. a guy out, but you know what? <laughs> that looks like it hurts. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> anyway, touchback. Yeah. Hey guys, shh, don't call it. All right. All right. For the very last time in this Brown season, does anybody have a Sendejo moment? I do. My right. favorite Sendejo moment yesterday was, you know, I guess it was a little windy there in KC and the ball fell off the tee when Parkey was about to kick. And who was the guy that they needed to hold that ball for the next kick? That's right. Number 23, baby. <laughs> he was the one to hold that ball for the kick. Out of anybody out there, Sendejo's the guy who holds the ball for the kick. That's good. And that just shows the the level of attention you pay to these games because I, I would have never noticed that in a million yeah. years. A kickoff is usually when I get up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what about you, Phil? Uh, my Sendejo moment, I'm going to move away from Sendejo and plant the Sendejo trophy on Denzel Ward. He got absolutely destroyed (laughs) by Travis Kelsey on a double move by a man who outweighs him by hundred pounds uh, and just fell down and kind of rolled over and start sucking his thumb, I think. And then then of course, (laughs) Sandejo should have been there covering him, but he wasn't. So there you go. There's my Sandejo moment. Uh, I was just going to give it to any player on the defense who wasn't as fast as Chad Henney. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's a good call. That was was pretty bad. All right. Well, I think that we will plan at some point in the very near future to have our full slate of unprofessional and unprepared guests on to discuss a full season review of the Browns. But I think we've talked enough about that game and I'm I'm ready to move on to section two and on the road. How about you guys? So do it. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Hey ladies, another month, another period. Each menstrual cycle bringing us unwanted bloat intensive cravings, cramping, and emotional instability. On top of all the miseries that come along with Aunt Flo's visit, we also have to worry about proper tampon use and choosing which tampon is the right fit for our light, moderate, and heavy flow days. Luckily, Tampax knows our monthly struggle and has gifted us girls with their new and improved radiant tampons. These tried and true tampons offer a smooth applicator with an anti-slip grip designed for incredible comfort with a leak guard braid that helps stop leaks before they happen. Also introducing their pocket radiant tampon with all the features of the original radiant, but in a more discreet size. So ladies, be radiant and get more from your tampon. 
All right, we're back for our second segment, and we'll go on the road and start with the upcoming conference championship games for the NFL. So we'll start first with the AFC championship, Bills at the Chiefs. And I think this is an early line only, but it's Chiefs minus three, which seems low to me, but we'll see what happens. Burke, is there anything that matters more in this game than whether or not Mahomes plays? No, that's that's definitely the biggest factor. And that may be why the line is at three right now. I, I don't know. Possibly it's a, it's a nerve issue you also it wasn't just that it was a concussion that he had some kind of nerve injury that's what I had heard and I don't know how serious that is obviously Phil's our guy when it comes to those types of things but uh so so who knows so maybe they maybe there's some concern that maybe he's not going to play that's the only way but, it's a three-point spread yeah. I think but at that point they, then I think I would got- go with Buffalo I think Buffalo should be favored if he's not playing, but because Buffalo's got a really solid defense. And if Chad Henney is really your guy for a whole game, good luck. He doesn't just have to hold on. He's actually yeah. got to try to go win it, right? Right. And that's a little right. bit different. But I don't know. Right now, um, Mahomes, is, his main focus is probably getting his mother off Twitter. And, um, <laughs> you know, after he gets past that, then he'll probably work on you know, getting healthy. So Phil, assuming Mahomes plays, can a Bills team that only scored 10 points on offense against the Ravens last week win this game? They can, I suppose. It would have to be an ugly game. So I'm thinking like a game where weather might come into it, where, you know, Allen is running the ball and the Bills possess the ball longer. So I'd say, yes, they can. Will they? Uh, No. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I I think if Mahomes plays and things are fairly typical in terms of uh, weather this time of year in Kansas City, I, I think the Chiefs win by two scores. All right. Uh, Phil went ahead and jumped the gun to my next Sorry. question, which was go <laughs> ahead and prediction. predict who wins. But uh, OK, so we've got Denko is on the Chiefs. Burke, how about you? If Mahomes is playing and he's actually feeling well, because the other thing, too, is just because he plays doesn't mean he's Patrick Mahomes. It could be, you know, if this nerve injury and things like that, if it's if he's not 100 percent, I mean, he is actually Patrick Mahomes. I see he's some still Patrick Mahomes, right? He's still going to be Patrick Mahomes. I meant who like, is he? on the field. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> He's Brian Sykes. Jake. He's Jake from State Farm. Bert. Yes, is that he, who is. he is. Probably. He's got to find another way to get Jake from State Farm into the game. Yeah, he actually still is Patrick Mahomes, but not as good as the one that's 100% healthy. Um, I think if, you know, if he's playing, he's out there. The way that offense looked was ridiculous. And even though Buffalo, their defense is definitely rated better than the Browns, um, and they got some better talent on that side of the ball. I still think that the Chiefs would win by at least 10 points. I think I'm going with the Chiefs whether or not Mahomes plays. What I saw in this game against the Browns was that Chiefs defense is really underrated. They were fantastic all game long against the Browns. And Chad Henney is not good, but you can look really good when you're throwing to Kelsey and Hill. And they had a couple guys I'd never heard of before that were super fast. I just think that Kansas City is too loaded and Buffalo struggled to score points against a defense that the Browns hung like 40 on. Overall, I think the Chiefs just look so much better. I, I expect Mahomes to play. I think he'll probably be fine. His mom will be off Twitter. His neck will be okay. He won't be concussed. He'll be okay. And they probably, in that case, win big. But I think even if Henny starts, I think I'm going to stick with the Chiefs at home with a defense that's better than we give it credit for. You bring up a good point there, Gerbs. I, I, I well, may need to change my pick. That's what I do. I, uh, yeah, you do. You do a better job than <laughs> that's I do. That's your thing. That is kind of your thing. The, uh, it helps that I know the questions in advance <laughs> and does. you don't. <laughs> that's true. But the Chiefs defense, they showed me something that I 
believe the Browns defense should certainly aspire to accomplish. Their back seven make tackles. They wrap up like no one, no one let go of a tackle. And what's his name? Honey Badger was anyone he hit, he got to the ground. He plays with such attitude. I I when he came out of college, I really wanted us to take because he dropped because he was a head case and had problems. And I really thought he was a guy that the Browns should have looked at. We felt more comfortable with Manziel. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. not not a head (laughs) case. Yeah, he's not a head case at all. Yeah, so their defense definitely was solid. And you know what? The other thing too is that their safeties and their guys aren't playing so far off. They actually come up and make plays, and they're right. not. Sandejo is like thirty yards back and trying to come up and make an open field tackle, which will never happen. So hold that you know. thought for the season ending and wrap up megapod because that's I've got some questions about that as well. <laughs> Moving on to the NFC Championship, Buccaneers versus Packers. This looks like an earlier line to me, too. I was surprised that it's only Packers by four, which seems, again, seems low to me. But Phil, Tom Brady in the cold with his 40-year-old skeletal structure, what's that going to look like? Coming out of Tampa for a season, it's not. I can't imagine it looks good, but it's Tom Brady. He's a gamer. He's going to go out there and put the ball where it needs to be. But I've never been a fan of the warm weather team this time of year going to green Bay or going to a Chicago or, or what have you. And I, I just can't see the, the Buccaneers going up to Green Bay and not only because of the cold, but Aaron Rodgers is probably the NFL MVP this year. I mean, he is having one of his best seasons. So to answer your question, I think Brady's going to look a little old. They've got weapons, so they'll stay in the game, but I think Rodgers runs away with it after a while. I am going to disagree. I think Tampa has a lot of weapons, and I think their defense actually looked very good yesterday. I think they have more talent on the defensive side than they get credit for, and it is Tom Brady. And Brady hasn't had weapons like this really ever, other than when he had Randy Moss. I mean, this is something he's dreamed of to have guys like this to throw to. I actually think that they're going to go up there and play well. I'm not saying that I I feel like they're just going to go in there and beat them down. I just don't think Green Bay is going to roll. I think this is going to actually be a very good game. So, Phil, what's your prediction for the final score? Uh, Green Bay 106, Tampa Bay 3. Really, really believes in Aaron Rodgers yeah. at home yeah. <laughs> in the playoffs. Okay, so Dinko Dinko has the Packers to cover. Yeah, yeah, and I'm taking the over. <laughs> I see a Green Bay 27 to 17 win. What about you, Tommy? Probably in the same range there, I would say. I think Tampa's defense is tough, but it doesn't mean it's going to stop Green Bay and shut them down. So I think they'll play with them, but I I think there's still going to be some scoring in this game. I'll say uh, 31-27 Green Bay. I think it's going to be a bigger win for Green Bay. I I don't think anybody looked really great in that Buccaneers-Saints game. Breeze looked awful. To give the Buccaneers too much credit for stopping an offense with him leading it, I don't know if they deserve that. Brady had like 190 yards passing. That was it. All those weapons in a dome where the climate is like perfectly controlled, and now you're going to send them up in the wind and the snow and in Lambeau when it's 28 degrees outside, and if he gets going hit back. a couple I'm times. I'm going back to my 106-3 prediction. <laughs> you talked me into it. I think this is more like 34-17, maybe 34-20, yeah. but it was never really that close type of game. The Packers shredded the Rams' defense. They had 500 yards of offense in that game. I just think the Packers and the Chiefs are head and shoulders above everybody else right now, and I think that's going to be your Super Bowl. We're 
through the NFC and AFC championship games. Let's talk a little bit of NBA. We're a little bit late coming to this because of our recording schedule the last week or so, but the James Harden trade was a pretty massive thing. Four teams were involved in the trade. Obviously, one superstar changes hands. Some other really good players moved. I mean, Oladipo's a a pretty solid player, moves down to Houston. There were four first-round picks that went to Houston, and they also got four first-round pick swaps which is actually something I had to look up to figure out what it is. What it is, is now there's a deal between Houston and Brooklyn, and they've got certain years, and I didn't write those down. In one of those draft years, if Brooklyn has a higher first-round pick than Houston, they get to swap that pick. They just got four first-round picks, plus they got these four first-round pick swaps in this massive deal that goes on. Other than fantasy leagues, is there any other league where something like this can even happen anymore? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, that's a very strange thing. Definitely an interesting concept. I actually think the draft is a complete joke in the NBA, to be honest with you. I don't even care about draft picks. After the first five or six picks every right. year, yeah. uh, who five the hell or are six these guys? Being generous. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just don't think the draft does a whole lot for you. I think you actually have to build through free agency, if anything. So yeah, they got four first-round picks, but I guess we see what they turn that into. You just don't see a lot coming out of the draft. It's just crazy. It's only two rounds, and I think on a given year, you're, you're left with two quality players. Maybe the top four guys, and after that, it's kind of a crapshoot what you're yeah. going to find. So are the Nets now the clear favorite in the East? No. No? I, I jumped the gun. I said no because I felt no. <laughs> I, don't <even> <laughs> I, I don't even know who the clear favorite is. Now I'm trying to think of be. teams in the yeah, East. Yeah, right. The Sixers are up there. Obviously, Milwaukee's up there. The I'm Celtics a, are still really yeah. good. I mean, so there's those are some pretty good teams. But now you've got Durant, Kyrie, and Harden. And you can't avoid the potential chemistry issues there. Those are three yeah. pretty ball dominant guys. How are you ever going to share all, the ball? All three of them are ball dominant, and who's playing defense? <laughs> you know, is anyone playing defense? You there? Know what, I, 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 I what, know. what I didn't realize until the other day, they have DeAndre Jordan in the middle too. So I mean, that's pretty good defense, at least in the on the back end. That does sound good if it's 2016. You're right. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I looked it up. He's like 32. It's not. It's not that <laughs> But you're not looking for him for offense. You're looking for no, no, you're right. Block shots. I think Durant is a better defensive player than people give him credit for. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a but, he's a good all around player. I, I think what was interesting is Harden's first game the other night with Durant. They both went off and they won the game, and there was no Kyrie. So it might have been. I mean, it remains to be seen once Kyrie comes back. But it, it almost seems like all right we can't possibly add a third piece to this, right? Like how do we share the ball a third time? It's going to be interesting, but I feel like the East is probably still going through Milwaukee. I don't know. A lot of talent uh, on the Nets, but what has Kyrie done to prove himself when he wasn't under the wings of LeBron James? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's been gone for a week and a half for personal reasons and nobody knows what that is, but can you rely on him to come back is the question. I'm not I'm not really sure they can. Well, then he was also yeah. caught at a party for his sister with no mask on, and it was a big gathering at a bar. That's why he's actually out now is because of those oh. issues. You know, there's people speculating Kyrie may not play another game in the NBA. I don't buy that at all, but there's, but he really is dealing with some mental issues. I don't know what's going on with the guy, yeah. but well, he doesn't seem uh, focused on basketball so much right now. And that, you know, Maybe that's why they made this move. They they knew they needed at least one other superstar to carry that team. And if he's not going to be there, you can't count on him. You bring in James Harden. Uh, All right, fellas, that's all I have for our on the road segment. So why don't we take our last break and then we'll head to segment three and we'll go off the field. This week's episode of unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by soup, warm, delicious, and perfect on a cold day or evening. 
Soup is the soft, wet meal in a bowl that says you are either a small child or moving past the center line of middle age. Like warm tea, but with chunks. Soup is that easy-to-digest and hydrating meal that you probably never thought about eating in your 20s and 30s, but sounds like a great treat as 40 starts to enter the rear-view mirror. Is it Friday night? Great! Grab your sweats, a knit blanket, and turn on your favorite sitcom about being a parent. But don't forget your soup. All right, welcome back. We're going to head into our final segment. We'll go off the field, and let's start by talking some TV, fellas. I want to go through some new TV shows I want you guys to tell me what you think they're about. Let's start with The Equalizer, Tom. This is the Queen Latifah show. What's this one about? Yes. Well, I think we all know what it's about. It's <laughs> about action, and it's about sucking the crowd in for some fun. It's going to be awesome. I've been writing letters to CBS for years saying Queen Latifah deserves <laughs> an her own action show, and finally they're listening. You know, TV is really, it's just bad really now, and, and finally I think it's starting to battle back. You got to start competing with the Netflixes and, you know, Hulus and stuff like that. And, and CBS is coming out strong. If you're going to pick somebody that you want to kind of roll with for your network, I think it's Queen Latifah. Her show is called The Equalizer. I really, really hope it's just a female version of the movie Juice. That's it. Like it's DJ <laughs> battle. It makes sense, right? Like DJ battle. It's just the female version, just like they did the Ocean's 8 thing. Now it's Equalizer, but it's Juice with Queen Latifah. All right. The only thing I know about it is that she is the person that you call when you can't call 911. And if you think about it, that's a lot of stuff she's responsible for. <laughs> yeah. Just think about all the things that like you can't call 911 for. Like I'm not sure about the potential of this one, but I'm glad that they're finally paying attention to your letters, Burke. I think my idea might be better. Someone call them. <laughs> well, Equalizer, I was actually just watching it before this Zoom that, you know, that's with Denzel. So I think she's the oh, female yeah, version no, of Denzel. That, that oh, go. boy. All right. Well, <laughs> all right, Danko, have you heard of a new game show called The Hustler? No. All right. Bear with me because the description I you. found is really complicated. It's going to take me a minute to read this. So The Hustler. Each episode of The Hustler follows five contestants as they collaborate to answer a series of trivia questions with the goal of building a collective prize pot that increases with each correct answer. The catch, one of the five contestants, the hustler, already knows the answer but must keep their identity a secret in order to have a shot at winning the grand prize. Throughout each episode, two contestants are anonymously eliminated by the hustler, leaving three remaining contestants, the hustler and two others, who must collectively decide who they think the hustler is. If they are right, they share the prize pot. If the two contestants are wrong, the hustler goes home with a full cash reward. So what's the hustler about? I still don't know. <laughs> it's about, it's about think, giving me a headache. I, I think uh, probably some first round trade swaps involved in that at some point. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? that crazy. I have no idea. I think Bob Saget is hosting that one. Oh, I was about to say I was going to watch The Equalizer, but you've changed my mind now. I'm watching yeah. The Hustler. Has anybody seen any previews for Tough as Nails? No. No. <laughs> this is a, a reality show about people in construction and agriculture and other like hard physical labor jobs. A critic described Tough as Nails this way. Everyone's super touchy these days, which may explain why the exuberance of CBS's disappointing new reality competition series, Tough as Nails, strikes such a sour note in its attempt to showcase the spirit and resolve of Americans working in construction, public safety, agriculture, and other labor-intensive industries. So, anybody going to watch Tough as Nails? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's just a show about watching other people work really hard. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I appreciate the fact that they're 
hardworking people everywhere, but why would I want to watch that on TV? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't I, sound very uh, this, appealing. This could be a sign that reality television is finally, and I thought it was already happening years ago, but finally <laughs> yeah. scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're yeah. just going to film landscaping crews now. Like, all right, just <laughs> they're, they're putting in new tree beds. Wait till you watch this. I mean, come yeah. on. that's It's hard work. I don't want to di- be dismissive of that, but I'm not going to watch it on television. Yeah, that uh, just sounds awful. Once they make it masked, tough as nails, then we know they're really <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Yesterday was Betty White's 99th birthday. This woman has had a 74 year career in show business. She was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. She was on Golden Girls, of course. Uh, she hosted Saturday Night Live when she was 88 years old. She's the oldest ever to host the show. And I'm wondering if you guys can think of any comedians right now who you think are still going to be doing it when they're 99 years old. Before you dive in, I've randomly selected a few just to put this into context. Conan O'Brien, 57 years old right now. If he were still active in show business when he was 99, it would be the year 2063. (laughs) Tina Fey is 50 years old. So if she was still doing it when she was 99, it would be 2070. Amy Schumer, who I don't necessarily think is super funny, but lots of people like her. She's only 39 right now. So she's not even as old as us yet. If she were doing this at 99 years old, it would be the year 2081. (laughs) That's that's how long (laughs) Betty White has been doing this. Can't wait till Amy Schumer passes us up. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. She's awful. Right. Well, you didn't wow. say she was awful. I'm going to say she's awful. First of all, in this cancel culture, why can't I speak tonight? I don't know. It must be the hunger. Um, <laughs> in this cancel culture, I don't think anybody wants to have a career for that long. Quite frankly, it seems like they're all getting very frustrated as it is. Uh, the Chappelle's and the Bill Burr's of the world, they just seem angry. Plus, the money is unbelievable now. So I don't see anybody wanting to have a career for for that long. So no. I, I agree with I you on the money thing. Uh, and some of these guys, uh, one Netflix special, and you could say, all right, see, I'm done. Man, we need uh, one of those. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Betty White, an American treasure for sure. And it's not like she's been working hard <laughs> recently. No. Like, let's be clear here. Yeah, she's, she's not, not putting out Netflix specials every year. <laughs> I mean, she hosted she hosted oh, Saturday Night Listen Live. Phil judging the work ethic of a ninety nine <laughs> yeah. year old woman. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm Man. gonna I'm gonna take a very uh, circuitous route to my point here. But yeah, she hosted Saturday Night Live at eighty eight because someone at Saturday Night Live called her and said, hey. You're pretty old. Let's get you on here. This is going to be awesome. And she did a great job. Yeah. So going back to your original question, Gerbs, will there be someone doing this at 99? So if one of the current comedians are fortunate enough to live that long, let's say Jerry Seinfeld lives to 105, I think he'll probably be invited to do something at the age of 85 at the age of 88, at the age of 90. I think that could happen. I don't think Betty White is, uh, you know, working her her agents rough all week saying, hey, look, I got to find something. I, get me something. Get me a commercial. Get me a, get me a, <laughs> you, you, know, need to dig, you need to dig harder into her uh, IMBD page, man. She's, well, she's actually busier than you think she is. You're being very disrespectful. To me. I guarantee you. didn't treat Dolly like this. I, no, I guarantee <laughs> you Betty White is busier than I think she is because I think a 99 year old should not be busy at all. Yes. And, and, and Betty White, you know, she's a Browns fan, actually. She is a, yeah, a, a fellow yeah. Browns fan. Yeah. I think she was our age when she was on Golden Girls. So, you know, yeah, she's had a wonderful career. I hope somebody checked on her after the game yesterday. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be awful if that's what yeah, did her that'd in? Be bad. Come on. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> All right. Well, enough of Betty White. We're going to move on to what I think is the most important topic we've ever discussed on this show. 
our boy Tommy is starting on the route to better health and better wellness and is going to start working on losing some weight. And I want to talk about it a little bit, Tom, and I don't want to do it. This isn't about like making jokes about, you know, you being overweight. Uh, this is about us like coming together and trying to like support you and help you as, as you do this, man, because it's a big deal. Well, I mean, as you guys know, I mean, I've had three kids and I've never been able to get rid of the pregnancy weight. Um, <laughs> and I mean, my youngest is nine now, so it's it's about time to, to get on that. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing the Nutrisystem plan. It's been going pretty well. I'm basically hungry all the time, but, you know. <laughs> Stay you hungry. Eat, Stay hungry. Yeah. So, you know, you eat these little meals and, and then you drive yourself crazy and then you weigh yourself and it looks better. So, so far I'm down about 10 pounds. So, you know, I, I only started on Monday. So last Monday, That's was, awesome. so now we're, we're talking seven days now. So I'm sure that pace will definitely slow. Yeah. So are, are you, are you working out at all? Or is there like a yes. exercise? What, what kind of stuff are you doing? Well, I have an echelon bike. I have some major back problems with sciatica and everything. So even walking to the end of my street or any kind of, you know, distance really bothers me. It, it hurts. And uh, I'm sure the extra weight doesn't help either, but, but yeah, the back issues have definitely been an issue for years now and I'm still trying to get that figured out. The pain is, is horrible. I mean, I can't, you know, I try man, to do anything no good, man. Um, and it's, it's just, it's just bad, but the echelon bike, actually the low impact of biking has worked for me. So I've been trying to stick with that. And so I do have an echelon bike. And so I'm trying to mix that in along with the, uh, the diet. I have a wonderful suggestion here for exercise for you, Burke. We need to we need to pool some funds to get you one of those endless pools put in your basement. Uh, yes. Like where you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. For, and then I'll yeah. put it like an inflatable on it and that'll be my bed. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. I'm coming over. <laughs> endless pool parties. <laughs> yes. Well, as you know, my basement is huge, so that'll be perfect. Well, they're tiny. I've seen them on TV. I have another idea for you. I've actually got several better ideas than that I'd like to discuss. Wait, wait, better than mine? Better <laughs> yes. than mine? Come yeah. on. Good luck beating that one. In addition to being an online yoga teacher, my wife is also teaching fitness classes. And she mm -hmm. teaches twice a week. Uh, she teaches a class called Bar, which is essentially kind of like a ballet dancing workout combo. Yeah, that's and, right up my alley. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm thinking. They're, they're all recorded, right? So she does them in a, in a class, like a Zoom class with a bunch of people in them. But then if you want to go back and use them later mm -hmm. on, you, you have access to them through her website. So she will give you, she I cleared this with her this afternoon. <laughs> she will give you access to her, her bar and I'm sure her yoga classes if you want them. Um, <laughs> but what I'd like is you can do this all by yourself. You're at home by yourself. You just watch it on Zoom. I would mm -hmm. like you to do a bar class and then report back to us the next week on what that mm -hmm. experience was like. And I think maybe we could do this. This could just be in your search for improving your health. We mm -hmm. could have you try a whole bunch of different types of workouts and exercises and stuff like that. And you can come back and tell us how they work. What do you think? Well, I mean, obviously Gerber, I'm always up for, you know, watching your wife on video. Um, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> that's not cool. No, he's not. no, that'd be, no, sure. I would be willing to do that and give it a try and, you know, at a boy, I love this. I mean, Tommy. if if that's what ends up taking me out, then you know that's a good way to go. I think. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's not. Bar class, no. yeah. No. Virtual always, exercise yeah. class is not a good. Yes, way to doing go. a virtual exercise class that involves ballet is definitely something I think is it, it's what I want in my obituary. <laughs> We're on it. Um, yeah, I, I think those are great ideas. I I, I have I, one I really, more. I have one oh, more. Wow, right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I used to do push-ups every hour when I was at the office. And so I'd get up from my desk, 
bang out 25 push-ups every hour. And if I was consistent with it, I could get to 200 push-ups by the end of the day. I'm not doing that anymore. And so I'm not in that kind of shape. What if we as a group, three of us, Chucky, some of the other guys, we agree that we're all going to make an effort to do X number of push-ups a day or X number of sets of push-ups a day. You know, we text each other and kind of stay on each other and keep each other mm -hmm. honest. And it's a way to work in, you know, if you can, if you could do another 35, 50 push-ups a day, it might help a bunch, man. I think it's a, it'd be a, a fun way for us to, you know, try to help you out and support you and keep each other honest. And frankly, other than Denko, all of us need the work. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was planning on adding push-ups to my, my plan anyways, because I definitely want to do, you know, lightweight work and stuff. My goal is that by the summer, I'm planning on looking like Brad Pitt and Troy. Okay. Um, All right. Realistic goals are important. Yeah. I feel like he was, I feel like he was younger than you in that movie. No, he's passed me up at this point, <laughs> but not at that. How point. about, how about, how about a, a more realistic goal? And instead of Brad Pitt and Troy, Brad Garrett in everybody loves Raymond. That, that would be better. I, I think that's a tell you what, That guy's underrated. I'll tell you that he's a good looking he's, man. He's, and uh, he's svelte. He is yeah. svelte. He's also like seven feet tall or something, but well, he has more room to spread it out. You know? Yeah, that's really not fair. It's a really not a fair comparison yeah. at all. I agree. So, all right. So, will we be able to check in with you every week, Tommy, and see how you're doing and absolutely see what you've lost and stuff like that? I love it. I'm man. an open book. Um, this is not an easy thing to do at 44 no. years old. No. So, I commend you for trying, man. And we're Nothing's here for you and we want to help. Old. Well, that's not true. Going to bed um, at nine is super easy at 44 <laughs> years old. Well, I got to tell you, the one issue I am really having with this diet so far is sleep. When I am going to bed at night, my body cannot relax, and I am finding myself having a really hard time getting to sleep. That, that may I've, change I've had, as you my, get into the exercise, It's only been actually. a week. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, and it's only been a week, and I think the body has to adjust to a lot of different things. You know, I'm not having any alcohol. I'm not having, you know, and, I'm, oh. and then I'm eating. Yeah, your body's in shock diet. right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, my body's definitely kind of like, you know, what the hell? We got you to 44 why are you doing this to us now? Right. <laughs> um, it's been such a wonderful run. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's, yeah, it, we've had such a great run, but it's uh yeah. So that's been one of the side effects that hopefully will change here soon. Cause especially after starting a new job, I don't enjoy being very, very tired. Just as the body adjusts, hopefully I get back to normal sleep. Makes, right, uh, yeah. Make some exercise in there. Some, some easy stuff, some mm -hmm. consistent stuff, and you'll, you'll get back into a good, a good sleep rhythm there too. Yeah, I'm gonna get some ballet shoes probably tomorrow. Yeah, uh, okay. On, uh, yeah, yeah. Not on eBay, Excellent. On, uh, I'll let her know. Amazon, they got everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, I think we are officially out of things to talk about for sure. So, <laughs> thank you guys as always for making some time with me tonight and sharing your thoughts on sports and other things. And I hope you guys both have a great week, and we'll see you soon. All right, fellas, have a good one. Have a good night. Good time tonight, fellas. Cool, cool. 36 minutes in. Not bad. Let's see if we can ruin that now. We can do it. We can do oh, it. And, and you have that whole answer from me that you can cut out now. So yeah, I've got sorry. several, Tom. So I, I promise. I promise. That's cool, too. I don't care. I promise to get long winded on an off the field yeah. answer. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm not All drunk, right. but I still don't know what I've been saying. I'm starving over here. <laughs>
All right.